Hello, hello, hello. I hope everyone had a great weekend full of sunshine and also warm weather. To be honest, it doesn't even feel like it's November. Like, you know, I was out at a patio, of course, socially distanced and safe, but I had a great weekend filled with sunshine. And I also hope that you had a great weekend as well. So I'm super excited to bring you today's episode because we're going to be talking to Lily Sun. So she is actually a recent 2020 graduate. And, you know, most of her life in school, she was working towards consulting. And ever since that, she's actually kind of diverged her career path and she's actually working at a startup now so I'm super excited for this episode because we're first going to be talking about you know her life in consulting and her past job experiences and then we're going to shift it over to what has changed you know in her career journey and her life at startups so we're going to be breaking down any startup stereotypes and also her decision with leaving consulting. So Lily was actually kind enough to give me a promo code for Three Ships Beauty. So Three Ships Beauty is where Lily is currently working at right now to really grow the brand and the business. So if you use HSM15, you'll get 15% off any product that you order on Three Ships Beauty. So I'm so happy. Thank you, Lily. I've already made like two to three orders, not gonna lie, after Lily kindly suggested some of her favorite products. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's just jump straight in. Hi everyone, welcome back to another hashtag happy Monday episode. Today we have a really exciting episode because we're here with Lily Sun. So she actually was a graduate of 2020 and she had always wanted to go into consulting, but she's recently kind of like changed her vision and wanted to possibly start in like a startup in Three Ships Beauty. So I'm really excited to talk to her about why she decided to shift, the benefits she sees in both kind of industries, being able to work in both and just more on her journey and her learnings. So everyone, welcome Lily. We'd love to know maybe a little bit about your horoscope, your school major, and then, you know, just a little bit about you as well. Yeah, I'm so happy to be on here. I'm so nervous. This is like my first podcast experience, but I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. So like Heidi mentioned, I graduated this year from Western from Ivy Business School. So it's just a normal undergrad degree and then two years in business. In terms of previous jobs, I did three internships while at university. Last last summer, I was a strategy analyst at Accenture, which is a really big management consulting firm all over the world. Before that, I worked in operations at Wealth Simple, which is a robo-advisor tech startup in Toronto. And then my first internship, I worked at Drop, which is a loyalty tech startup in Toronto. So a lot of different tech and consulting experiences. In terms of my horoscope, I am a Gemini. Whoop. All Geminis unite. <laughs> it could not be more accurate that I'm a Gemini because I swear I have like bipolar double personalities for everything. Like I'm super extroverted, but I also just love being alone. I'm so excited to have you on just because most of the people that I talk to, just because my program has been a co-op as well, are more from like a corporate culture. So I think be great insight to kind of talk to both sides and really talk to why you're passionate currently about the startup culture and also working at Three Ships Beauty. So first, we're going to be starting off with an agree or disagree session. So I think the first prompt that I have is that 
you know, the business school system pushes students to think narrowly in terms of their career opportunities and then the possible career choices. Yeah, that's a really tough one. I would have to say I agree. And I think going through business school, it's something that you don't want to agree with. But afterwards, on the other side, you look back and you're like, wow, I was really, you know, pushed to think this one way. I think for me, going through business um, in undergrad, it seemed like you either were in consulting or you were an investment banker, and then maybe you're an accountant, or like those are like kind of the three options you have. I don't really know if it's the school that forces you to think that way. I think all universities try to do a good job of diversifying. For me, I find it just the environment that you're in and the people that you surround yourselves with. I remember just walking through the hallway during recruiting season and hearing things like, oh, I have an interview for this firm. Oh, I'm getting flown to New York for my final round interview. Oh my gosh, that case was so hard. And even though everyone was like complaining about it, it was like a low-key bright. You know, it, it was, was a low-key like, flex. Yeah. yeah like, it was oh, like, I gotta oh. go to New York. <laughs> like flown to New York. Like that yeah. sucks so much. <laughs> so it's like, wow, like I feel like I have to do that to be good. Or like, if I want to be a top performer, these are the industries I have to end up in. So I do think that when you're in that kind of environment and you're surrounding yourselves with those people, it is really hard to then try to diversify. So I definitely agree with that statement. And the last one is, I don't see myself going back into consulting in in the future. I actually, this statement I disagree with. So I do can potentially see myself going back into consulting. This one's weird. And I feel like if people aren't familiar with consulting, they might not understand what the job is. But on a more analyst level, you're the one, you know, doing the work, doing the research, making the PowerPoints. I can't see myself really doing that. But I can see myself working in consulting at a more senior like partner managing director level because when you're a partner at a consulting firm, you're the one managing like client relationships. You're the one taking clients out to dinner and like really building a good connection with them. So they come to you for their projects and they come to you for help. So I can see myself in that sort of like relationship management role because I really like talking to people and I like getting to know people. I don't really like working on Excel that much. So I would go into consulting maybe like 10, 15 years in the future, maybe. (laughs) And I guess that's a great segue to go into our first part, which is, you know, probing more about your life at Accenture and also like leading up to that too, because it seems like your past work experiences were always in some sort of tech corporate culture kind of business. So the first one is like, how'd you land in consulting? And also, is there any advice you would give to someone who's listening who possibly wants to pursue consulting as a role? Yeah, for sure. I think consulting is a really great career regardless of what I choose to do. So this question is really helpful. So at Ivy, there's a really structured recruiting timeline for consulting that happens in third year. And you can tell me if that's the case for U of T or not. But the most basic way I can explain this in as simple as it gets is the summer before third year. So the summer between second and third year is when you start networking with the firms. In September, when you get back to school, there's more formalized information sessions on campus that you can go to. And then sort of after that, you do more personalized coffee chats with the firms that you're really interested in applying to. And so for me, it was all the big firms like BCG, Bain, Deloitte, Accenture, you know, all those ones. 
And then come November and December is when you prep your application, which is your resume and your cover letter. So you do really have to work on getting that into a really good shape because that's how they select people for interviews. And then during the holiday break, so December is when I really started working on case prep. Um, so for consulting, you do case interviews. I think I did like 15 or 20 over Christmas. I like don't know if I celebrated Christmas that year because I was so focused on recruiting. And then you do interviews the first week in January. And literally two days after your interview, you find out if you get the job. So it's a really hectic experience. And the way I described it was very simplified. <laughs> There's so many other things that go on. And then in terms of advice I would give other people, I think probably two things is really important in consulting. One is networking, obviously, but I know a lot of people think networking is really superficial and it's so hard when you are talking to someone and you're trying to be friendly, but like you're just asking for a job at the end of the day. So I know networking is really hard, but it is really important to build I think like authentic connections with the people who work at the firm because then when you're going through the interview process, they'll really be able to vouch for you and say, hey, like I talked to Lily. She's great. She's so like personable. I want to interview her. And then the next thing is definitely preparation. So doing those cases and like really putting your heads down. I think it's not an interview you can just wing and do on the spot. It's definitely something that you have to work a lot for. And then my last advice for people who want to pursue consulting and I don't think it gets said a lot, but it's have a backup plan. I don't like statistically for consulting at Ivy, about 300 people apply for the jobs, 30 people get interviews across the firms, and then literally six to eight people get the jobs. So with that kind of you know, funnel that brings people in, it's really competitive. So having a backup plan is just always good. Like you just never know what might happen. When you went into Ivy, was that like the the thing that you were already looking for? Like you came in and you're like, I want to go into consulting or were there were there other paths that you were also considering? Nope. I came in with like the word consulting across my forehead. <laughs> literally came in colors (laughs) yeah I might as well have been wearing a name tag that said Lily is applying for consulting because I was definitely that person I was so keen I was like the first one after the info session who like ran to the recruiter to ask her a question I was president of the Ivy Consulting Club so I definitely really believed in the value of the job and I was like oh this is my dream like I have to do this so I put all my eggs in one basket The second question would be, you know, what is the top thing that you loved about consulting? And then on the flip side, like, what is the thing that you hated the most? Yeah. So what I loved about consulting, and it's the reason I was, you know, I came in with the word consulting in my forehead was like the range of opportunities. Like everybody knows that consulting is a launch pad to start your career. Like a lot of people don't you know, want to go into consulting with a plan of like staying there for 10 years. A lot of people say, I want to do two years. I want to explore different industries, meet different people, work on different projects, and then I'll leave and I'll, you know, go somewhere else. And I definitely bought into that because I think I wasn't sure what what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into tech. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into marketing. So it was like, okay, I'll do consulting and then I'll figure it out. So I think that's definitely the huge benefit of consulting, just the amount of opportunities you have. What I don't like, which is also probably why 
I'm not staying in consulting is the lack of connection to the job. So during my summer there, I worked for a client that was a really big CPG company and we were working on ways to save them more money. And so when you're helping a multi-billion dollar company save $3 million, I don't really know how to feel about that. You know, am I excited? Am I, do I feel motivated? Not really. Like it doesn't really benefit me at the end of the day. And then on top of that, to be spending all those hours working on the deck, to be working on financial models, to be talking to the clients in five to six hour meetings every day, and then not feeling like you're really invested in it is really hard, I think, for my mental health and for me to be invested. I think there are some people who definitely could do it. They could just do the job and then go home. But for me, it was like super hard to get up in the morning and at seven o'clock and put on a blazer and go to work when I didn't really feel connected to the job. Yeah, for sure. Like five to six hour meetings. Like I hope there were breaks in between, like at least like washroom breaks. Hopefully. Oh my gosh. Girl, they're consulting like is a synonym for the word meetings. I swear. Everything is a meeting. Your every day is a meeting, regardless of if you want to be there or not. It's a meeting. That's so stressful. And now I guess like moving on to something that you're looking forward to, you know, your life in startup and comparing the differences. So I'd love the listeners to really know like what you really do at Three Ships Beauty. And, you know, after starting kind of at the startup, like what's the biggest difference that you saw between the two cultures? Yeah, I'll give you a brief overview of Three Ships. This is not an ad. (laughs) So we're a natural skincare company based in Toronto. Three Ships started around three years ago from one of the kitchens of our co-founders. And today we're in over 450 retail stores. We're going to be launching in Target and Whole Foods all across the U.S., as well as Hudson's Bay in Canada. And we have some really exciting retailers coming in the future as well. Overall, our goal is to be like the number one affordable, natural, ethical skincare brand for consumers. So we like to think of ourselves as potentially glossier in the future, but more natural and affordable. My role is I lead our growth in e-commerce. The team is really small. There's only four of us. So we're super lean. So that's kind of what I do for the brand. I try to grow us on an e-commerce platform. I thought it'd be cool to do like a day in my life or like what a day in my life looks like now. Um, So I A day in my life as growth at Three Ships, I wake up around nine and I go for a walk to Starbucks to get my coffee every morning. And then I'm usually on my computer around 10. And then between 10 and 12, I answer emails, plan upcoming campaigns, which for us right now is Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which is a really, really big campaign for all e-commerce brands. And I also work on our upcoming product launches for next year. We have new products coming. So working on what that looks like, what we're going to do on a marketing standpoint, what we're going to do in our store. In the afternoon, um, we usually have a lot of our meetings with the agencies we use. So we talk to our PR agency. We talk to the agency that works on our paid social ads, talk to an agency who will help us manage our emails and kind of work out the different partnerships we have with them. And then usually I spend my evenings researching other direct-to-consumer skincare brands that I love. This is a big part of my job and I love it so much. I look at brands like Tatcha, I look at Glossier, I look at Away Luggage and like how they grew their business. And I try to see what we can bring to three ships and what we can do to grow the same way they have. So that's kind of like what my life looks like now. And it's the perfect thing. I 
can't describe any other way of like my ideal work day. The biggest difference I think for me is again, like waking up every day and feeling motivated to go to work. I think in consulting, every time Monday came around, I just was dreading the fact that I had to get up and go to work versus I think now at Three Ships, every time Monday comes around, I'm super excited to do new things and to work on things like launching a new moisturizer, for example, is so fun to me. I cannot you know, imagine doing anything else. And I think I got really lucky to join a startup that's in skincare, which I feel like you would love it as well. Um, So it's really cool to be working on a product you love. The next question is kind of more so on being at Crossroads. So when you had that, as you mentioned before, you had that opportunity to start full-time at Three Ships Beauty, where you were already like pursuing consulting at the same time. So when you were deciding on whether or not to possibly leave consulting, what was the biggest struggle for you and how did you kind of overcome it? Yeah, it was a really tough decision. I would say from the initial thought of should I work at three ships instead of doing consulting to actually being able to make a decision of what I wanted to do was about two months. And during those two months, I feel like I aged and I have white hair now because it was so stressful. But I would say the biggest struggle, and it's not surprising, is trying to think about what other people will think about this decision. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, it's so risky, or how will this impact you in the future? I definitely thought about those as well. But the biggest burden for me was like, oh, what are my peers going to think? What are my friends from Ivy going to think? What are the adults in my life going to think when I leave this stable career to do something that's like a skincare startup, right? And I think it's a common thing. And it goes back to that first question you asked about, does business school make you go into one or two career paths? And I think that was such a hurdle for me to overcome and telling myself that it doesn't really matter what other people think as long as you like what you're doing. And I think something that's helped me overcome this is really talking to people who matter in your life. Like the people who are your best friends, the people who are your supporters, they won't make you feel bad for making a decision like this and they'll be really supportive. And to be honest, those people are the only people you need to care about. Anybody else who might not agree with your decision, they can have their own opinions. But at the end of the day, like you have people who are in your corner, right? So I think that when I finally overcame just that one piece, everything else was like, oh, this is such an easy decision to make. My recommendation for others who are, you know, maybe you're not deciding between consulting and skincare. Maybe you're deciding between accounting and marketing. Maybe you're deciding between being a doctor or being a lawyer. That's a great place to be if that's your decision. I would just say it's important to take time to know yourself. Like you hear so much noise around you about what other people are doing or what they're suggesting. But sometimes I feel like we don't even know what we really want. So I think it's important to take a couple days, like literally a couple days to turn off social media, turn off your LinkedIn notifications and kind of reflect on what do you like doing? What makes you happy? What's good for your mental health? Where do you want to be in a couple years? And then once you know that about yourself, I feel like it's really easy to make a decision. Um, So that's my recommendation. Just turn off all of your LinkedIn notifications and you'll be much better off. Oh my gosh, I totally agree because 
like it's sometimes so easy to let other people's judgments or what you perceive they will think of you affect what you really want but at the end of the day you're the one going through that journey like no one's a better person to decide whether or not you should be going down a path more than you yeah and I think what's re- what made me really excited to be on your podcast was I felt like when I was in undergrad everybody that I looked up to a couple years older than me were all in consulting and or investment banking. And none of them really took a detour. It was all the same. So I couldn't find somebody that was doing something different to give me advice and to tell me it's okay to not be a consultant. And so now I feel really fortunate to be in this position where I want to tell other people who are younger, who are struggling, that there are people who make different decisions and there are people who take other paths and they're just as happy and they're just as successful and they're just as you know, well off on their way to doing something else. So it's not just the people you see who are in banking as a manager or something like that as where you have to be in five years. Yeah, for sure. And I think this also brings up a great topic about like diversifying who you look up as a mentor. Sometimes we can only say like, I want to go into consulting. So I'm only going to be talking to consulting people. But it's so important that you also talk to people of different facets of different like careers and things like that to really understand like the different opportunities out there, right? Okay. And then the last one is kind of like a hot seat session of a true or false. So we want to know everything there is to know about the startup culture and whether or not these stereotypes that we always hear are true or false. So the first one is startups have very flexible working hours. This is true and false. It's true because it's really flexible. So you can start working at 11 if that's what works best for you. You can start working at 6 a.m. if that's what's best for you. In terms of what's false about it is I actually work more hours now that I'm in a startup versus in consulting because, you know, at Accenture, I would go to work at nine and I would come home maybe six or seven, which is not bad. That's about nine to 10 hours. But now at three ships, because I love the company and I'm so invested, I feel like I don't turn off. And even, you know, I'm like taking a shower at 10 p.m. And I'm I'm like thinking, I'm like, what should we do next year? We're launching this new product. Should we do this? Should we do that? So it's more flexible, but depending on where you are, you could work more. But if you really love it, it doesn't really feel like work. Yeah, for sure. And also on that note too, like with your internship or your previous work experience at Drop and Well Simple, would you say that that was also a key kind of motivator that was like, you know, I tried startups before, I really enjoyed it. And that's why you felt a little bit more comfortable to then work at three ships? Or was there another reason? Definitely. No, it helped me so much. I think if I had, you know, worked at Stosha Bank or corporate something somewhere more typical for like those early year um, internships, I'd be more hesitant to make this decision. Yeah. When I was going through that decision making of what I wanted to do, whether it's three ships or Accenture, being able to realize how lucky I got of being in a team that I love doing the work that I love and it's a product that I love. I just realized you really like, how can you say no when the stars are all aligned in your favor? Um, so I think for other people who get 
those once in a lifetime, we're not lifetime, once in a while opportunities to really take advantage of it because it's so hard to make these things happen. And it's sometimes out of your control. Yeah, for sure. So a side note too. So I listened to Big Trouble podcast and there was an episode on like the yappy episode. And I think they talked about, you know, I have this person who's like, <laughs> I, I was just wondering like, is that you? Like that person who's like battling <laughs> between startup and corporate culture. So I listened to it and I was like, this sounds an awfully, like it sounds like Lily. So I'm like, hmm. Yep. That episode in Big Trouble was me. I <laughs> It wasn't even anonymous. I literally wrote my full name and everything. But it's funny because if you listen to them, I think they both said, yes, do it. But then they were like, but if it was me, I wouldn't do it because <laughs> I'd want that stability and that more structured career progression. So it is really interesting to see different people's mindsets on what decision they would make. You know, there's so many different factors that come in, but I think like, as you mentioned, if I'm really passionate about the startup and I really resonate with the people that work there, I'd say like, you know, it's tacky, 2013 YOLO, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can't believe I said that, but like, you know, like just like it, it you only live once, right? And like you're yeah. young too. So it's your time to explore. So I can totally see how that would work. For me, it was like, I don't want to walk this path again. I'd rather take the risk, but yeah, I didn't want to go backwards and I was just going to take this and like you said, YOLO. <laughs> no, seriously. Oh yeah. you, should title yeah, seriously. This, you should title this episode YOLO. Lily said hashtag YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one is that startups are very egalitarian compared to corporate workplaces. I would agree with the statement. Yeah, it's pretty flat in terms of the responsibilities that you get. So for example, even though, you know, I'm 22 and I lead growth in e-commerce and the co-founders are obviously like the co-founders, I would say they let me make decisions at the same level that they're on. You know, in terms of what like when I'm planning a product launch, I also get to have my say in what product we're launching. Are we doing a cleanser? Are we doing a moisturizer? Are we doing an eye cream potentially? Are we doing a lip mask potentially? Um, so <laughs> stay tuned. So yeah, you get to you know make those decisions that the the CEOs make, even though you're not the CEO. After COVID nineteen, what's the first place you want to visit and why? The first place I'd want to visit would be either New Zealand or Australia. I, for so many different reasons, I think one of the biggest reasons is in my head, New Zealand and Australia are like not even on planet Earth. Like they're just in their own world, their own island. They just have so much fun and they're so happy and it's not all buildings and cabs and cars and parking. Um, and I feel like it's just such a relaxing place to be to kind of block out whatever the heck 2020 has been for us. So I would love to go to Australia or New Zealand, go surfing, rent a beach house, eat some good food, spend time in the sun and just like pretend like 2020 never happened. <laughs> And that's it for the episode. Thank you so much for staying till the really end. 
You guys are a real one if you stayed till this point. Make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode when we talk to Sarah Law. So she's currently an HR business partner at RBC and she's had a ton of experience in HR and I just want to talk to her about, you know, how COVID-19 has influenced the jobs in the industry, how us as 2020 or soon to be graduates can really try to find a job with this economy and also how COVID-19 hit it and also her journey and her stories and any possible employer tips she has for us as well. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help this podcast be noticed by other listeners that may enjoy it as well. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor for new episodes every hashtag Happy Monday. And you can also visit our Instagram at Happy Spotless Minds. Have a great week. I am your podcast host, Heidi Poon, and thank you so much for listening to Happy Spotless Minds. See you next week. Bye.